try to not to hold you too long this morning, but um, I get to preach again tonight. I love to do that. And so we encourage you to come to church this evening for Sunday night church. Be a part of our Sunday night service, as we've already mentioned, Wednesday night as well. And um, we're just excited about what God is doing, the great things that the Lord is doing in people's lives. Amen. All right, I'm going to minister a a little bit to you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. And I'm going to, I'm going to be, begin reading. I'm going to read two verses, verse 17 and verse 18 this morning. And I want to talk to you on the thought, on the subject of hindered but not defeated. Hindered but not defeated. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 17. The Apostle Paul said, But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time, in presence but not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Notice that 18th verse again. Therefore we wanted to come to you, Even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Father, thank you tonight, today, this morning for your precious word. And thank you for the opportunity to minister your word today. I ask that you will help us to preach today for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Give me the words that you would have me to say to your people. Open our hearts to receive your word. And may the seed be sown on good ground in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Hindered but not defeated. Now the Holy Spirit here in this passage of Scripture through the Apostle Paul reveals to us something about the enemy, our enemy, our adversary, something about Satan. And he says here, he tells us that, that the enemy of our soul is a hinderer. He is someone who does his very best to hinder us in our walk with the Lord and in every area of our life. Paul told these Thessalonian believers that he had tried to come to them on several occasions. He had planted this church in Thessalonica and he um, had to leave, but he had wanted to go back. He had attempted to go back because he wanted to uh, strengthen the saints that were there at Thessalonica. And he uh, had attempted to come back on several occasions to Thessalonica. But he said that that Satan hindered him. Satan stood in his way and hindered him from being there and from coming there. And, uh, you know, the Scripture doesn't tell us exactly what the hindrance was that Satan brought against Paul. All we do know is that he was hindered from coming at that particular time to Thessalonica. The word that is used there, the Greek word for hinder, means to use strong measures to cause someone not to do something. 
I want to give you that again. To use strong measures to cause someone not to do something. Literally, the word, the Greek word used for hinder here literally means to break up a road or to put obstacles in a road. To make that way or that road or that path um, impassable. It has the idea and the meaning of putting up roadblocks to stop someone from going in that direction. And so this is what Paul said that Satan had did to him. And there's many times I think all of us could say today that Satan has worked in that way in our life to try to hinder us in our walk with the Lord. Many times we underestimate Satan's ability to hinder people, but he does. Let me tell you, this, uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put Satan in his place in this message this morning, but I do want you to understand that he does work hard to hinder us from our service to God. He tries everything that he can to hinder us from our fellowship and from our worship. And he seems to be very successful many times in hindering people from even attending the house of God and being in the house of the Lord. And that is his, that is his job. That is his goal. Listen, we have a very real adversary today who will do whatever it takes to try to, to, to thwart the ministry of God and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tries in every way that he can to stop us from living for the Lord. And he even tries and believes that he can stop the plan of God. But I tell you what, he does oppose, but there's no way that he's ever going to stop the plan of God and the plan that God has for our life. We have to understand something today that he may hinder us, but we have the greater one living on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can I get an amen today? Praise God. But I want to tell you something that I want I want, to, I, want to, I want you to know something that you, well, I want to just say this, but you all, I know you already know this, but the God that we serve, our God is not a loser. Our God is not a failure. Are you with me? There was one very popular word of faith minister a few years ago that made that statement. I don't know how anybody could make that statement, but this particular word of faith teacher made the statement, and he said that God, that the, that the biggest failure in the universe was God. That God was a failure. I won't go into all of what he tried to explain or how he tried to explain that. But I do want to say this, that that statement is false. That statement I think all of us know is not true. And it kind of, to me, it borderlines on blaspheming the Lord to say that God Almighty, the omnipotent, the sovereign, the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God would be a failure. I'm telling you God is not a failure. I can tell you who the failure is. The failure and the defeated one is Satan, the enemy, the devil. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. God is not a failure. God is not a loser. I'll tell you who God is. God is a winner. God is a victor. God is the conqueror. And we sing that song every once in a while. He never, he's never lost a battle, and he never will lose a battle. The God that we serve today is the almighty God. He's the most high God. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the ending. He's the first. He's the last. He started this, and he's going to be the one that finishes it. Amen. He is the almighty God, and he is the conqueror today. Praise the Lord. Yes. Woo. Satan does everything that he can to try to stop the purpose of God and the plan of God. But God has set the course in advance. God has set his course and God has advertised in in advance what his plans and purposes are. Are you you understanding that? Amen. See, God, God told the entire universe. He let it be made known in the Garden of Eden from the, at the very beginning, right after the fall of man, God let it be made known that his son would appear and would come and would reside on the earth for a period of time. And God made it known that when his son, the Redeemer, the Messiah did come, that he would crush the head of the serpent and that he was coming to totally defeat the powers of darkness and defeat the works of the devil. God gave that prophecy in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. When he spoke and cursed the serpent and he spoke to the devil and he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he said, you will bruise his heel, which was a prophecy concerning the cross and the crucifixion. And he said to Satan, you will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. So God was making it known that there would be a complete defeat of the enemy by the coming of the Messiah. And Satan knew this 4,000 years in advance. God's not hiding anything. He's letting the devil know 4,000 years ahead of time, right after the fall, when Satan thought that he had been so successful in causing the fall. See, that was one of the things this Word of Faith teacher said, that uh, because man had God's creation fell and failed, that that made God a failure. That didn't make God a failure. That made man a failure. God already had a plan of what he was going to do to bring this thing around and bring victory and defeat, victory to, to the, 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 the world, but defeat to the powers of darkness. So God let Satan know. 4,000 years in advance what he was planning on doing. And Satan had all of those centuries to do his very best to prevent God from fulfilling that
that plan. And I want you to know that Satan worked very hard at that. He hindered in every way. He tried his dead level best to stop the plan of God and to stop the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus from coming to this earth. But we know that he was not successful. Satan worked in such a way that during the days of Noah, I mean in the days of Noah, uh, Satan was able to so corrupt civilization. It was corrupted so badly that it got to the place where there were only eight righteous people that were saved in the days of Noah. Only eight righteous souls that were left. When you look around, you know, Jesus said in the last days it would be like at the days of the coming of the Son of Man, it would be like the days of Noah. When you look around and see all the wickedness and the corruption, um, we can see the days of Noah today. But there are more than eight that are saved today. Amen. Hey, thank God for that. There's more than that. I hope there's more than eight saved here <laughs> in this service this morning. But uh, corruption had spread throughout civilization. But those eight people were enough for God. Satan had thought. He thought that he had um, that plan put in place where everything would be so corrupted that there would not be a righteous seed left for the Messiah to come through. But those eight were enough for God to start all over and to start again. And through those three sons of Noah, the civilization began to increase again. God used those righteous boys to bring about the righteous seed and keep the righteous seed alive. But um, it was in that, that took place in Genesis chapter 9 and by two chapters later by Genesis chapter 11 moral darkness had set in again. The message of God had been once again lost and was buried in apostasy. But it was in the very next chapter when you look at chapter 11 of Genesis and you look at the Tower of Babel and you look at the corruption in the world and Satan uh, appears to have, have, have won again. But it was in chapter 12 of Genesis that God called a man by the the name of Abraham and God placed that responsibility of bringing that righteous seed into the world through that one man and God told Abraham he said Abraham I'm calling you out of Ur of the Chaldees and I'm going to make of you a great nation and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great and you're going to be a blessing in the earth and I'm going to bless those that bless you and I'm going to curse those who curse you and in you Abraham all the families of the earth shall be blessed so God is letting Abraham know and God is letting the devil know this is the seed this is the nation through whom this redeemer will come but since that moment Satan has done his very best from that moment on he did his very best to destroy Israel and that nation that God had chosen and he came very close but can I tell you Israel survived and brought forth the Messiah and can I tell you that God's chosen people Israel are still here today and Satan has not been able to destroy them amen let me tell you something that God's information is always right can I get an amen 
God it, it always gives the right information. And he gave in advance a full description of the circumstances of his son's birth. He didn't try to hide anything from the devil. It was kind of like God was saying, here's where he's coming from, Satan. Do what you can. Give it your best shot. Do what you can to stop it if you would like to try. But he gives, he laid it all out. He told the nation. He told the tribe would be the tribe of Judah. He told the family would be the, fa- the seed of Abraham and then narrowed it down to the family of David. He even had, God even had Micah the prophet to prophesy the very city in which Jesus would be born in the city of Bethlehem. Isaiah prophesied the very vehicle through which this, this redeemer would come, which would be through the womb of a virgin. See, God was not hiding anything from the devil, and Satan knew. He knew what and when and where to attack, and Satan used all the power and the intelligence that he had that he could muster up to frustrate and to stop and to thwart the purposes of God. But I'm here to tell you today that no matter what he tried, he was not able. He hinder, yes, he did, but he was not able to stop God and to stop the plan of God. Do you know the devil we see through the Bible, through the scriptures, how that Satan tried his best to destroy Israel. He enslaved and humiliated Jacob's seed, the nation of Israel and Egypt. And they were in slavery as no other nation had ever been enslaved. But God had already, before they went to Egypt, promised Jacob and said to Jacob, Jacob, I am, I am God, the God of your father. So don't you fear to go down to Egypt. For there in Egypt, while you're there, I will make you a great nation there. They grew. They became a great nation. And when they came out of Egyptian bondage, praise God, they were a mighty nation for the Lord. There was nothing that Satan could do through that 400 years of captivity to stop the plan of God. But Satan did come close. In the book of 2 Kings, we find one of the best tools that Satan had to stop the plan of God. In 2 Kings, it tells us of a, of a, of a woman by the name of Athaliah. Athaliah was, uh, was Ahab and Jezebel's daughter. And Satan raised up Athaliah and used her to do her best to destroy the royal seed. And if you'll read in 2 Kings chapter 11, you'll find here was an attempt to stop the Redeemer from coming. The Bible tells us there that Athaliah went through and destroyed all the royal heirs. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, sister of Ahaziah, the Bible said, took Joash, the son of Azariah and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. Notice this. Uh, Queen Athaliah took all the royal seed, all of the king's sons, all of the lineage of David that were in line to the throne and murdered every one of them. That was the 
plot and plan of Satan to destroy that lineage so Messiah could not come. So the Redeemer couldn't be born. But you know what? Hallelujah. It said that, that Jehoshaphat came in. And while those children, while that seed, those, those uh, seed of David were being murdered, she took Joash and hid him and his nurse in a bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. See, here was another time that Satan thought he had won. All of the royal seed were dead. Well, the devil says it's over now. But how's this for a thriller? My goodness sakes, God had one room and one closet that the devil couldn't find. And God's plan and purpose went on because Josiah, Josiah was hidden in that closet from the attack and from the defeat, from, from Satan's murderous attack. Amen? We all know the scriptures of how Esther was a beauty queen who was used by God. Amen? When Haman, the king's best friend, had such a hatred for the Jews and such a hatred for Mordecai. I mean, Haman was uh, Adolf Hitler and Adolf Eichmann all rolled into one. He had such a, a hatred for the, for the Jews and for Israel and believed that he had a foolproof plan to rid the earth of every Jew. But I'm going to tell you something. He hindered, praise God, but God Almighty defeated the plan of Satan with a chosen beauty queen by the name of Esther that he already had placed in the palace for such a time as this. Can I tell you that God is always a step ahead. Somebody said he's one step ahead. God's a million miles ahead of the devil and every plan that Satan has to try to thwart the plan and purposes of Almighty God. Amen? Praise God. You can count on it, ladies and gentlemen. God always has the right person for the right job in the right place at the right time to do the right thing. Satan may hinder, but he cannot defeat the plans and the purposes of the Lord. Amen? Haman's plan was defeated and he was strangled on the very gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. And the Jews were spared. Hallelujah. God. You know the name, the name God is not, God is not even mentioned one time in the book of Esther, but you see him all over the place moving and working behind the scenes. Even when you can't see him, he's working. Even when it don't look like it, he's working. Come on. Amen. He has a plan, and Satan may try to hinder, but he cannot defeat the plan of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen? God is still. I'm going to tell you something. God is still in control. Woo, hallelujah. God not only runs the church, but God controls and runs this universe. 
Satan had 4,000 years to, pre to prevent the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to earth. But Christ came, and he came right on time. And Paul said in Galatians 4 and 4 that it was, it was right on time. It was in the fullness of time, right at the right time, that God had purposed and planned the very day, the very moment, the very hour for Christ to come. He was born in that manger in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. God sent his son right on time, born of a woman and born under the law to come into this earth and to redeem humanity from sin and the powers of darkness. See, the devil could not hurry or delay the divine schedule by one minute. God said that Jesus would be born and Jesus was born. Satan hindered it, but he could not stop it. It looked like the enemy was going to win on several occasions, but right at the last moment, he's defeated, and God's purpose is fulfilled. Are you with me today? I think God does that just to get under the devil's skin, just allows him to think he's just about one, and he thinks, well, I've got them this time, but then right out of nowhere, it seems like God comes on the scene because God has a plan that Satan cannot thwart and cannot defeat. We may be hindered, but we are not defeated. Are you hearing me? We are surrounded by the almighty God of heaven. Woo, hallelujah, I feel something today. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. God has a plan for your life. And as long as you stay in His will and seek His face, that plan and purpose that God has for you, if you'll follow Him, will be fulfilled. I'm not preaching a message of predestination that what is to be will be. And no matter what you do, God's going to work everything out for you. No, all things work together for the good. To who? To those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. Amen. As long as you will follow Him, I'm telling you, if you won't give up, if you won't give in, praise God, God's will will be performed and fulfilled his purpose in your life. Satan may hinder you. Satan may block you. Satan may put obstacles in your way and I can tell you he will. But praise God he cannot stop you. If you won't quit God won't quit. If you'll keep believing and keep yourself in Jesus and in the will of God God will bring to pass what he desires for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You may be hindered today, but I can tell you, you are not defeated. Praise the Lord. So Satan tried everything he could to keep Jesus from coming, and he was a failure. I told you the greatest failure is who? The devil. <laughs> He failed in everything that he tried to do to stop the coming of the Redeemer. But then when Jesus came, he tried everything that he could. Listen to me. Satan tried everything to, that he could to prevent Jesus from going to the cross. He tried to stop him. Satan wanted Jesus dead all right. 
And he tried to kill him on several occasions, but he just escaped out of the people's hands. He just passed right on through the times they tried to apprehend him and kill him. He was just supernaturally protected. He couldn't be killed because God, oh, hallelujah. He couldn't be killed by anybody else because God had a plan for him to go to the cross. Amen. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. He said, I lay my life down. I'm going to lay it down, and I'm going to take it up again. I've received this promise from my Father, and nobody is going to take my life from me. See, God had already prophesied in the Word through the prophets. God had already said that, that Jesus would die, that the Messiah would come. And according to Psalm 22, the Bible declared what kind of a death that he would die, that he would be crucified on a cross. If you'll read Psalm 22, it's a perfect picture of the crucifixion fiction some 1,800 to 1,000 years before they even knew what crucifixion was God prophesied and predicted and laid it out before the enemy and said here's how this redeemer's going to die he's going to have his hands and his feet pierced he's going to die on a cross he's going to die as a sacrifice for sin and he's going to die to bruise your head devil and to defeat you totally and all the powers of darkness and the minions of hell will be defeated through his death and not only is he going to die but he isn't going to stay dead he's coming out of the grave victorious over death hell and the grave Woo! hallelujah and devil just try to stop it amen Oh, the Bible said, for this purpose, Son of God came that he might destroy the works of the devil in our life. So the manner of Christ's death had been fixed. And God had publicized it and made it known 800 years before it ever took place. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that Christ died according to the Scriptures in the very way that God had predicted and God had laid out and God had said that He would die. See, there's no power in this universe that can change God's word. I said there, oh, hallelujah, there is no power in this universe that's greater than God's power. There's no power that can change this book and what God has written down and what God has said in it. Praise God. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. Come on, amen. And there's not a devil or a demon or a power of darkness of hell that can stop God's word from being fulfilled he's always brought it to pass he's always made what he said good and I'm here to tell you abundant life family church that you may be hindered today but what God has promised and what God has said if you'll hold on to that promise he will make it good in your life you're hindered you're hindered you're blocked but you are not defeated today. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Woo! Hallelujah! My goodness. 
No matter what roadblock or hindrance the wicked may raise against you, God's promises are fulfilled. See, the Pharisees, man, they knew the Bible. That was their business to know the Old Testament Scriptures. I mean, they told Herod where Christ was to be born. They knew it was in Bethlehem. They knew what the Scripture said about the about. You know, the death and the form and the means of death of the Messiah. They were not stupid. Jesus, t- Jesus told them, he, say, he said, you say, you, you all say we got light. You all say we see. But he said, you don't know how blind you are. Amen. They knew the scriptures and what it said. They knew it so well that after Jesus was crucified and they, they had him crucified and he was laid in that tomb. Those Pharisees and chief priests gathered together and they came to Pilate and they told Pilate, said, you know, we remember that while this deceiver was still alive, that he said that after three days he was going to rise again. So maybe, maybe you ought to just put a guard in front of that tomb and seal that tomb up, put a stone there, seal that thing up. Because I know, we, we, we know what will probably happen. You know, uh, his disciples may come and they'll get in there and steal the body and then they'll tell everybody that he arose. But why don't you just be good, Pilate, if you would secure that tomb and make it secure until the third day is passed. And so Pilate had the tomb sealed and he posted an official warning on that tomb. He put soldiers around and he had the sign on there, nobody, no visitors, nobody's opening this tomb. See, Satan had failed to prevent the coming of the Lord, the birth of the Lord. Satan had failed to prevent the crucifixion of the Lord. And he does his best now. Satan's going to do everything he can. He might have died on that cross, but here's Satan's plan. I'm going to hinder that resurrection. He might have died, but he ain't coming alive again. He knew what Jesus said, that on that third day he was going to raise from the dead. No, this ain't Easter Sunday, but it's Sunday. Praise God. And every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday because on on the first day of the week is when we celebrate our Lord and Savior coming out of that grave. Oh, hallelujah. There was no tomb, no grave that could hold his body down. Can I get an amen today, somebody? Woo, hallelujah. Satan's going to do what he can to stop and prevent the resurrection from happening. I can imagine, you know, that... that, um, I can imagine Satan telling all of his cohorts of hell and all of the demons, you know, well, death has stung him. We know that, uh, that he died. We know that. And by the way, when Jesus died, he didn't go into the flames of hell. He went into paradise. Amen. He preached to the spirits there that were in prison. He let them know that he had made it. Glory to God. There was Isaiah and there was Micah and there was Jeremiah and there was Ezekiel and there were the prophets that had prophesied about his coming and prophesied. There was David that had prophesied about that crucifixion and Jesus let them know that what they had prophesied that he had made it. Praise God. That he had been born, that he had died, that he had paid the sin debt, that he had conquered death, hell, and he was, ooh, 
he's just getting ready to conquer the grave as well. But Satan has, you know, the, 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 the mighty power of the Roman Empire was in the hands and in the control of the powers of darkness. The power of that Roman Empire is behind that seal that's on that tomb. And the devil reaches for the greatest hindrance that he has available to stop the resurrection of Jesus. But I'm telling you, there may have been the power of the Roman Empire behind the seal on that tomb. But there was the power of Almighty God that was within that tomb. And there was no order from the most powerful nation on earth that could stop the Son of Almighty God from rising again on the third day. Satan, hinder all you want, but you will not stop my Savior from getting up all from that grave on Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. And he is alive today. Amen. That was the message he gave to those in that, in that paradise compartment of the underworld. I've come. I've died. And I'm getting ready to raise from this grave. I'm coming out of here. Paradise is getting ready to be emptied out. All of the patriarchs of God. He's getting ready to lead captivity captive. He's getting ready to give gifts unto men. He's getting ready to vacate that paradise compartment and take those Old Testament saints into glory. He's getting ready to ascend above the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world and sat down at the right hand of Almighty God. Satan, you've hindered, but Satan, you are defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all getting with it now? You're about to preach me out. Woo! Hallelujah. I have to give a little praise, a little Shabbat. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. What does that mean? I don't know, but it feels good to do it. Hallelujah. Let me, let me wind this up. Satan's got one more card to play. He just about played his hand. But you know, the devil don't give up easy. He's a persistent cuss. Oh, I wish we could get ourselves to be as persistent with the good things as Satan is with his evil things. But he's got another card. He's got one more card to play. He couldn't prevent... The birth of Christ. He couldn't prevent the death of Christ. He couldn't prevent the resurrection of Christ. But the last card he's got to play is that he will try his best. His plan is to prevent the second coming of Christ. His plan is to defeat Jesus at his second coming to stop him from coming back Satan knows oh, 
what the Scripture says. I wish we could get people to believe as much in the second coming as Satan does because he knows that Jesus said he was coming back. He knows what the Old Testament prophets said. He knows what the Word of God has laid out about the coming of the Lord to this earth to set up a 1,000-year millennial kingdom. He knows that the Bible said that an angel's going to bind him and put him in the bottomless pit for 1,000 years where it can't roam the earth or bother anybody anymore. He knows what God has said. And he said, I've got to stop it. I've got to hinder it. I've got to do what I can to prevent that from happening. And that's the next card that, he's try- that he will play or try to play. His day's coming. And he knows it's coming. The day, the coming of the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, is approaching. It's drawing nigh. It's getting close. Hallelujah. There's a rapture to take place before the second coming. But when we see the signs of the second coming being fulfilled, we know that seven years before that the church is leaving. So the rapture is so close. You better believe it is so close. Amen. So no wonder, in light of what Satan knows, that we see him mobilizing his forces today. We see the mobilization. We see the politicians that are in the White House, in the Senate. The majority of the politicians today that are globalists, that are for a one-world order and for a one-world government. The administration that's in the White House today wants a one-world currency, a digital currency, and they're working feverishly to bring that to pass. And it will happen. It will happen, but it's all bringing into play the reign and rule of the Antichrist during the tribulation period. Are you with me today? That's why he's working. Satan is working hard to bring about that one world government, that one world church. And the church, ladies and gentlemen, is going to face some persecution in this last day. Especially the church that stands for this word, this Bible, and stands against the globalist agenda. That stands against the, the, the ungodly perversion that's being promoted. See, here's the thing with the perverted world today and what we see going on with the transgender community and all of these things is happening. You know, that's their choice what they want to do. But they want to make you and I accept that as being okay. But this Bible says it is not okay. And so we do not accept it as okay. There will be persecution that will come against the church. I was at a meeting on Friday night where they went through a bunch of things. The, the, um, the assaults and the attacks are on the rise and on the increase against houses of worship, against churches that are proclaiming the true gospel of Jesus. We're in the last days and Satan hates the church and he hates a church that preaches the truth of God's word and he's mobilizing his forces to to try to do his best to stop the coming of the Lord but I can tell you he could 
not stop the birth of Jesus. He could not stop the crucifixion of Jesus. He could not stop the resurrection of Jesus. And he will not stop the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back in the clouds of glory just like he said he would. Amen. And God has told the devil, here's what's going to happen. And Satan said, i got to stop that. He's, he can hinder, but he can't defeat it. Woo! Oh, help me, Jesus. Why do I get so worked up? I need that exercise, but... Satan's working today to get the nations together. That's the idea behind the one more government. Bring the nations together under one leader which will be Antichrist. Amen? The man of sin. We hear him talking today using the word Armageddon. Politicians are using that word. Armageddon. They're speaking of World War III. They're speaking of nuclear attacks. Nuclear weapons. We hear those things being said. But Armageddon... Armageddon will be Satan's supreme effort to defeat the plan and purpose of God. John described it in Revelation 19, 19, and he said he saw the beast, which is the Antichrist. He said he saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered to make war against him. Who? Jesus. That's his last, final attempt to stop the plan of God, to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Who's the one on the horse? Huh? John describes that earlier in Revelation chapter 19 when he said, I saw heavens opened. Brother D's favorite song right here. We might just sing that. Saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse in him who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns, and he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God, and the armies of heaven, that's the saints coming back with him. That's us. That's me and you. And the armies of heaven clothed with fine linen, white and clean. That's the righteousness of the saints. Followed him on white horses, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself, Jesus himself, he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And he will take the Antichrist and he will take the false prophet and cast them alive into the lake of fire. And one strong mighty angel, oh hallelujah, one strong mighty angel takes a big chain and wraps up old Slewfoot, wraps up and chains up the devil and cast him into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. Hallelujah. And I love what it says, the Bible says, and shuts him up. Hallelujah. They will shut him up. No more yakety yak from the devil. He's gone for 1,000 years. No 
more temptation. Oh, the old song says, when Jesus shall come back to earth again, Satan will be bound a thousand years. We'll have no tempter then after Jesus shall come back to earth again. Those armies of, of the Antichrist will be destroyed. And Jesus Christ will set up his throne in Jerusalem and reign over this earth in total righteousness and total holiness for 1,000 years. And there ain't no devil, no demon, no fallen angel that can stop it. Hallelujah. He may hinder, but he cannot defeat us. Give the Lord praise today. Worship team, you're going to have to come back. There is no defeat, church. The record's very clear. The record speaks for itself. Christ was born on time. He died on time. He arose on time. He ascended on time. And he will return on time. Just like he said that he would. Hallelujah. Yes, it's Satan's business to hinder. You can expect that. And Paul said that Satan hindered him, but he could not defeat him. Paul lists all of his sufferings and the things that Satan had caused in the book of 2 Corinthians. But all say, oh, Paul, Paul the apostle climbed up on top of all of the stripes. He crawled up on top of the imprisonments. He got on top of the shipwreck and the weariness and the peril and the pain and the sleepiness and the hunger and the thirst all the cold and the nakedness and the weakness and the burdens that he went through Paul climbs up on top of it all and he says yea in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us he said we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair we are persecuted but we're not forsaken we are struck down but we are not destroyed in other words he is saying let the devil hinder but he can't defeat let the devil work but he can't stop me I've got one surrounding me and greater on the inside of me than all the powers of darkness praise God we are on the winning team we know the Lord let's stand and praise him today stand and praise him